0: Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Let's take a moment to hear from our amazing sponsors. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia.
1: They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the
0: spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose.
1: They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally
0: okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGs of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them
1: at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGs of
0: SCI sent you. This episode is sponsored by Rolling in Paradise. Rolling in Paradise is a disabled-owned and operated family business owned by Annalisa and John, specializing in adaptive equipment for an active lifestyle. John is a C4, C5 quad for 34 years and has been using adaptive equipment for many years. He hand cycles daily and has been in the adaptive equipment industry for over 20 years. Annalisa and John have been together since 2007, and they have two furry kids, They love to be outdoors, going to the beach, cycling, and any activities to enjoy the sunshine.
1: They are proud to offer the following manufacturers.
0: Madeline handbikes,
1: sport-on hand cycles, reactive, adaptation hand cycles, stricker and Hand handbikes, everyday wheelchairs including tie light, motion composites, hands-on concepts, and colors power assist devices such as Spinner G, ZX1, Smart Drive, and Freedom Tracks. And lastly, some accessories and other adaptive equipment,
0: EasyStand, grips, Spinner G wheels, Roho, and Stimulite cushions, and much, much more. You can contact Annalisa and John by going to their website at rollinginparadise.com. Hello,
1: everybody! Welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Elena and Brooke. And we are going to do a little bit of a different podcast today. We are going to give you some amazing tools,
0: tips, and tricks for self-care, but not in the way that you think. Yeah, we're really excited um, to start venturing off into topics that are, you know, helping you to manage yourself. Uh, your body, your mind, in a more proactive way. Um, you know, as SCI, we are typically put in a lot of stressful situations. Um, whether you were with your partner at the time of injury, or you know, if you're navigating some health issues, or if you're, you know, in and out of hospital, or you're, you know, just daily tasks can be super stressful. Especially if you're a caregiver as well. Mm-hmm. Right. We've been seeing and so, a lot of this right now, yeah. especially. Yeah. Like, I, know,
1: I know we've been receiving messages from Wags saying, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed. Um, mm. I don't know what to do. I need help. We get a lot of emails saying, hey, I need support. I need help. So we thought we would put together a great little episode that you can utilize these all these tools. You can utilize them for yourself
0: at any time that you need. Yeah. And so what we're going to be talking about today is using your breath, um, and the power, uh, of your breath and why it's so important. And it's surprising that, you know, it's just not really talked about unless you're, you know, into yoga or alternative healing. Um, the Western system doesn't really talk about breath work and how powerful it is to regulate your nervous system. Um, there's a lot of science, actually there's an actual ton of science online, um, in the neuroscience community, but also just the, the general Western medical community, um, research that has come out about how you can actually regulate your parasympathetic nervous system response using your breath alone, and like we want to talk about this today because. It's something that's cheap. It's actually free. (laughs) You can do it yourself at any time. And this is self-care because when your body is in in a state of homeostasis and it's not constantly on fight, flight, or freeze or fawn mode, um, when you can actually take control out of the situation and be like, okay, I'm going to take control of what's happening to me right now. And instead of, you know, asking someone else to help me or taking a pill, um, it, unless it's absolutely necessary i'm going to learn to manage myself so that i can be a more productive person and i can experience calmness and this is very very available to you this is something that should be talked about i You know, I bang my head against a wall sometimes when I'm like, oh, you know, we're trained um, in Western society with Western medicine that that is the be all and end all. And it's just not. There's so many modalities out there that Mm -hmm. utilize the whole body for healing and what you're naturally given with your human body. I know there's a quote from Dr. Joe Dispenza that says, your nervous system is the ultimate pharmacy. And you were given a nervous system at birth. And whether you have a sensitive nervous system, a hypersensitive nervous system, or just a normal one that, you know, tends to overreact sometimes, the key to being stress-free and learning to train your nervous system is through the breath. And that's something that we all can, can, can work on, right? Yeah, for sure. One of the uh, most interesting conversations that I've had recently
1: around the work that you're talking about, the breath work and yoga, and what that means, um, was with my mom, who is quite religious. Um, She's, you know, she's Christian and... she just has different beliefs and she always kind of looks at me and says you know don't don't practice things from the cult or don't don't practice this and that and yoga is a religion and she kind of looks at me like i'm doing something different but i've been able to have more conversations with her and i've had quite a few conversations about yoga and breath work and and um I guess throughout my entire life growing up as we went, you know, to church and whatnot, but more so now, now that she's going through some of her own personal challenges with anxiety and depression, um I feel like we're in a space that we're able to look at it for what it is, you know. Breathwork and yoga is not some weird cult and religion. The religion is to follow the best thing for you to develop your own personal skills. So for myself, that's been a really interesting journey with my mom, who's always seen this kind of work in a different light. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah and it's just really interesting cuz I grew up with very very religious grandparents and my mom was kind of like you like she kind of was like shunning that whole experience because she was like no there's more here you know this isn't about rules necessarily like when we're not dogging religion because we grew up religious and um I absolutely adore the teachings of the Bible and and Christ. And I I read them every single day. Um, We're not saying we're against any religious practice. We're just saying that at some point you get to a place where you take responsibility for your own health and your own body, because you realize that there is something inside of you that is ultra powerful, that is literally superhuman um even though it's just human right um there is something inside of you that you can reach into when you want healing and it's you know you can google innate health you can google you know the natural state of human beings and the natural state is is healthy and whole and um it's interesting because you look up all these studies and you even, you know, like when you cut your finger, your body heals itself, your body is capable of so much because it wants to be whole. And if you take that mentality, and you expand on that whole innate health thing, you realize that like, this is no different than any religion that says, you know, (laughs) you know, you can call it the Holy Spirit, you can call it energy, you can call it consciousness, it's within each and every one of us, and it ties us all together. And um, with that, you can utilize that if you want to. You don't have to outsource your health, right? Um, and yeah, for sure. I, you know, I don't know about you, but like when you kind of like shift that perspective of like, uh, no, 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 I am in charge here. I can choose my health direction and I can... Understand that my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts and, you know, my diet and everything plays into my well being. And everybody can feel when they're healthy. You feel good, you know, you feel healthy, you feel whole. And your body will tell you when you're off track with symptoms and with anxiety. And it's so simple, right? We, we, but we as humans don't go there. We don't like to think of it that way. We don't like to think of it as so simple. We want to have the latest, you know, injections and medications and this and that, you know, to fix us right? Or
1: to to seek something that, you know, you think will fix you, right? It's always sort of like that race to the next best thing. And I mean, that, that is also the case sometimes with like therapists, psychologists, things Mm -hmm. that people see on the internet that, you know, there is always a new sort of therapy to to practice to try a new person, you should go see whatever the Mm -hmm. trend is. Mm -hmm. And something that you and I have even said before is when you and I have gone to yoga classes together, that (laughs) I like I just said this to you recently I was like I found them really hard because you know the poses we were going through them so quickly the breath wasn't involved Mm -hmm. Um, I would most likely hurt myself and then I wouldn't return after two classes you know I would just go for Mm -hmm. two out of 30 and then Mm -hmm. something would go sideways because I didn't know what I was doing and nobody Mm -hmm. was there to explain it to us so I think sometimes people sort of you know, they'll be listening to this saying, Oh, yeah, whatever, like, this is not a big deal. But now that I've sort of started doing that yoga with Adrian, the program that you've designed for us, Wags of SCI for the self care group has been so helpful, because we've been able to slow it down and use our breath and sort of check in with ourselves and I one of the things that I love that she always says is this is your practice that you should listen to your body at any point to move in whatever direction you need right it's -hmm. your practice so one practice might look a little different for one person than another and that's Mm -hmm. totally okay too so that's been such a blessing to have Brooke has so kindly created a nice program for us on the Wags of SEI self-care group on Facebook so for 21 days we'll be practicing yoga
0: yeah and 21 days kind of starts a new habit It kind of is long enough to kind of get past the starting jitters and like really like it's just all about prioritizing yourself and giving yourself, you know, most of the the videos are 20 to 30 minutes and they're for beginners so that you could like understand why you're doing the poses you're doing and you know why it matters. And you start to feel different after 21 days. Right. So um, the thing Mm -hmm. is with breath work though is like people don't understand if you're not into yoga, that's fine. Yoga bases its philosophy on breathwork for a reason. Um, It it uses breathwork to – it's almost like a physical meditation, right? Um, We don't need to go into the history of yoga or anything, but like you don't need to do yoga in order to get the benefits of breathing and paying attention to your breath. Like, you know, this is something that is – Central to meditation. This is something that is central to prayer. Um, this is something that's central to various techniques. And now it's becoming more westernized and accepted. Um, and basically, the whole point of doing yoga and the whole point of doing this breath work is working with what's called the vagus nerve. And I'm sure all of you out there has, have heard about this. Um, we're reading a book, this, uh, for the book club for the Weggs SCI book hub club, um, where Dr. Nicola Perra, she talks about it all the time, but she introduces this concept of healing and toning the vagus nerve. And, you know, this is yoga. This is prayer. This is meditation. They all do the same thing. They make it so that your body is in more coherence, um, so that you can think clearly so that your nervous system is regulated so that you, your mind is able to be cleared. Cause when you're in a state of fight or flight, you can't think properly. Like how many of you out there have had stress going on and it's like, you can't form thoughts properly. You can't reason properly. And then without that kind of like awareness of what's happening and, and, You know, you kind of feel out of control, right? And then you outsource that to pills Mm -hmm. or other people or dysfunctional relationships or you know, booze, yeah, whatever medication, yeah, Yeah. weed, whatever, whatever. Something outside of yourself, right? Yes, whatever your forte is, good food, (laughs) yeah, food. You know, like just whatever makes you feel good in the moment, you'll outsource that too. And so, like, what we're trying to say is, there's nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. but it's more like. Just changing that perspective of like, no, like I, I am the master of my, of my body. My body is a survival machine that, you know, it doesn't, the body doesn't have a mind of its own. It, 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 it doesn't know what's happening. It just wants to protect you. Right. And so it doesn't know the difference between you being chased by a lion um, or you having a panic attack over your partner, you know, having some medical issue or you being stressed and overwhelmed. It doesn't know the difference. It just wants to protect you. So your nervous right. system will start acting wonky and it'll, it'll, your heart rate will increase. You'll start to panic. You'll start having all these wild and crazy thoughts that have absolutely nothing to do with what's going on. Um this is the fight or flight response. And this is what is built into our genetics. This is, you know, from the caveman days, this is, this is some hardcore survival stuff. And the good news is, is that you can control that. So, um, so what is the vagus nerve? So it's the longest nerve in the body and it basically reaches from your stomach and intestines all the way up to your brain. And it is the central nerve that connects your gut to your brain. It also is connected to most of the organs in your body. And, you know, if you want to get more into the science of what it is, there are plethora of, um, information and books and content books, scientific studies. There's a ton of scientific studies out there that explains what the vagus nerve is and where it connects to and this and that. Um, but yeah, Well, it's,
1: and one of the books that we're reading right now um, is the How to Do the Work. I know that the holistic psychologist um, talks about it really, really easily. And that's going to be one of the books that we discuss in our Wags of SEI reading club. So she does a really good job explaining that a little bit better, too.
0: Yeah. So the point of the vagus nerve is basically... What vag- what the vagus nerve means is it actually means wander in Latin, and it represents kind of the nerve that wanders all over the body and reaches various organs. So its main job is to regulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is like your rest and digest nervous system. So what that means is it influences your breathing, your digestive function, your heart rate. Um, and then all of this has a huge role on your mental health and your mental state. Um, again, there's tons of research on this online. If you get, want to get into details, like we are not scientists, we just know about this and we know what can happen when you work on this. Um, so a lot or of the times, or what can happen if you don't work on this. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. why we're doing this, doing
1: this episode in the first place, because especially being yeah. legs, right. Most of us know what it's like to coast on those stressful feelings because you're always on. You know, you literally are always on something. Something can happen at any point. Something does happen at any point, and only the WAGS of SCI community, I feel like, only the women going through it truly understand. Um, friends and family probably don't understand because they don't they don't live your life. They don't know what it's like to always be on to help your partner right yeah, yeah. so after a while if you're not paying attention to that and you're not doing the breathing or you're not you know checking in with yourself that becomes your constant state of survival and I think that's when things can you know your body will present new new situations like whether it's pain or emotional work that needs to be done because it's saying hey we're in trouble I need help I need you to pay attention so it is a gift and a blessing in itself to have your body be able to speak to you that way, or, or your brain be able to speak to you that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, like, you know, most people that live a stressful life, which is, (laughs) I would say 99% of the world, um, especially Western society, they, um, don't have good vagal tone. So you'll, when you come across research, if you do your own research, or if you read any books about this, you'll see that, you know, science has pretty much proven or has proven that the amount that your vagal tone is activated means that your body can relax faster after stress. So if you have a better vagal tone, so if your vagus nerve is working better, you will have a decreased reaction time after stress, you'll be able to go back to your homeostasis, which is relaxation. And they've actually proven that it can be you can measure it by measuring your heart rate your breathing rate your heart rate variability all of these things they've done actual scientific studies on to show that you know toning the vagus nerve and doing doing the work to increase the tone of your vagus nerve will actually make it so that you will be less stressed in general but then in times of severe stress or in times of anxiety you'll be able to reset yourself faster than most people so it's it's scientifically proven stuff that isn't widely available which again makes me makes me mad but this is why we're doing the podcast <laughs> right of course
1: but So, so we're going to start start with some tools, right? We're yes. going to start with some tools that we would like to share with you guys. And like Brooke had mentioned before, the breathing. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like? Like, like what are you talking about? Breathing? Yeah, we all breathe. You might be thinking we're all still living, we're breathing. So what kind of breathing specifically are you referring to?
0: So... There's so many different techniques that you can do. It's not just yogic breathing, um, or like Kundalini breathing. You can do those things. It's the same thing. All of them, um, are toning the vagal nerve and creating more co- more coherence between the brain and body. Um, there's also other, um, different breaths that you can do. Let's talk about the ones that we think are the easiest or the ones that we use. Um, there's three different ones that, um, that we really like. And the first one, um, you were mentioning box breathing and yes. It, it, yes, it's basically the same thing as, um, just pausing and holding your breath. Um, so there's box breathing, which is what four, four, four. Yes. So, you know, you count four in
1: as you breathe in, then you hold for four seconds at the very top of your breath. And then you release for the four seconds and count that out and then do that as many times as you feel that you need to. Um, I like to do quite a, I don't know, for a few minutes, I like to do that. Um, especially if I'm using like my grounding mat and I do my meditations then and on my grounding mat, what I typically like to do is I'll have my eye mask on my earphones, uh, sound counseling, uh, noise counseling, sorry, earphones. So I can just kind of zone into the very therapeutic music and um, kind of have a bit of sensory deprivation and just sort of, you know, let go of everything around me physically and noise wise. And then I'll do my breathing and I'll have a little blanket on top of me lying down and I sort of zone out and I will tell you, I will tell you the truth that it took me a long time to make myself do this because I would always say to myself, Oh, Elena, you have so much more to do. You have to do the laundry. You have to go, you know, wash the floors, feed the dogs, walk the dogs, help Dan. I don't know. The list goes on, but there's, my brain was sort of like fighting me. It was like, it was fighting me. It was like, Oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, just go do that another time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You already know how to do that. You don't need to do that. Don't worry about it. So now I specifically make a schedule of, okay, I don't wait until I feel like absolute crap to do it. I do it every day and I have to do it every day because I, I notice when I don't do it, I feel a little bit crappy and maybe other people's stuff you know, comes up for me, like if I have a negative interaction, let's say with somebody at a grocery store, or like an interaction that I didn't expect to go that way, or somebody cuts me off when I'm driving or something, then I notice that my my reaction is very different than if I just zone out and do this practice and continue to do little bits each day. And you don't have to do a whole lot of it. I would say like, even if you did, I don't know, eight minutes each day, that's a big, big change for you. Let's say in like a couple months or a year um, of how you react to other people or other situations. And Let's face it, we are in some difficult times right now. There's a lot going on in the world. You know, There's a lot that we sort of have to protect ourselves from um, or censor ourselves from or know how to regulate our own emotions around. So mm-hmm. this is just a really great tool that um, I know you've also been practicing for quite a while doing this. And anybody who I talk to who is on this path and journey, um, I feel like as a rather calm human being. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain, and and those are the people that it's so easy to be drawn into and attracted to because you want to be. Your natural body wants to be around that energy and wants to have that energy as well, right? A flowing, free-flowing energy, just clear. You know, just having a lot of love for everybody around as well as yourself, and you are a direct reflection of everything that you see around you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like super powerful. Yeah, totally. And this type of breath. Um, where you hold your breath at the top, it's, there's a lot of science around this. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of interesting studies. You can look up on PubMed. You can just quickly Google studies around, you know, holding your breath and the vagus nerve toning. Um, the benefit, the real benefits of this breathing technique come when you hold your breath and when you do an exhale. So the reason you hold your breath at the top, I like to do the four, seven, eight breath. Um, and this took me a long time to get used to because it's, It's challenging because you do have to hold your breath longer at the top, but, um, I use this when I feel, when I feel physically stressed. And this is like one of those things that it's like when you're in a moment where you're completely stressed, um, Like we were talking about this beforehand about how like, you know, people falsely assume that when you're anxious and you're hypoventilating that you're lacking oxygen, but it's actually the opposite. And there's science to support this too. Um, Whereas like when you're anxious, you should actually be practicing breath where you hold your breath at the top and then you slowly release your breath because it actually regulates you better than taking in more oxygen. By hyperventilating, right? So there's you know, you can look that up on your own time too, if you're interested in that. Um, so but when you when you say when you're physically stressed,
1: like what does that mean? What does that look like?
0: Oh, well, this'll look di- this is part of like getting aware. This will look different for every single person on the planet. Um, this is part of like getting to know yourself, is like, and this is the kind of stuff that you discover about yourself when you pay attention and you when you journal and when you meditate, you can notice these things. And the thing is, is like ever since I was a kid, I've had an overreactive nervous system. So I've had a lot of time to like understand my physiological responses to overwhelm and to stress and to all that lovely stuff, which I use as a notification. Um, I get it almost immediately in my body. I'll get like, it's almost like a drag feeling on my chest. It feels like something is dragging on me and pulling me down. Um, I also get it on my eyes where I'll feel like, something is pulling down on my my like right underneath my eyes yeah oh okay and then I'll get um it, it depends like what it is it's always different depending on like what the stress is so like sometimes I'll get it in between my shoulder blades um And like on the, like around my mid back is I'll get this like dull energetic pain that it just feels very foreign and I'll know instantly, okay, I'm in survival mode. I'm in stress mode. Um, And then there's other things like sometimes I'll get a super, super hot face where like I'll feel like I have spiky energy on my face that is hot and warm and fuzzy. And it's so funny because my brother actually taught me a really, really good technique for helping to identify what you're, what you're feeling in your body and what it feels like so that you can recognize it. And basically what you do is you like lay there and you try and describe the feeling. So like, if I'm, I'll be laying there and I'll be like, okay, I feel this hot, pressure on my cheeks right now. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it Mm. taste like? And like you describe it as to the, and a lot of the time it won't make any sense. Like one time I was having this like panicky reaction Mm -hmm. and it actually felt like I had a (laughs) knight's chest plate on. Like, you know, knights, how they have like a silver chest plate on their breastplate. Yes. It literally felt like I had about a four inch energetic breastplate on. And the only way I was able to recognize that was I went into a meditation and I just literally formulated my thoughts around what it felt like. And so when you do that more enough, that more, um, you start to really know yourself and then you know what you're experiencing from how you're feeling. And it's a notification system. So like you get to the point where you're so good at it that you're like, Oh, I just slipped into survival mode. I just slipped into anxiety. I can feel it. This is where it is. This is where it's expressing itself. And it's just that body awareness. That's so important when you're dealing with stress, so right? That's huge. And I, I
1: really like that you're able to, when you are saying describing, cause that's also that mind body connection that I yeah. feel a lot of us um disassociate with yeah we don't even know (laughs) we don't even know we're doing it right it's just like I'm so fearful I'm feeling so overwhelmed by these feelings that I'm
0: just and you go into your head right yeah yeah, right you go immediately into your head and you think it's your head but it's no you got to tap into your body and feel where it's coming from because it's stored in your body you know Mm -hmm. feelings are the language of the body not the mind
1: Right, exactly. Like for example, like if somebody cuts me off while I'm driving, then it's like the truth of what I'm feeling is is hurt. I'm I'm hurt that they would do that and be so inconsiderate, not yeah. like the anger behind it, you know. Yeah. And and then I usually will feel it in my body, like you said, around like my bra strap area. Yeah. Yep. I get like almost like that tired feeling, like that area, yes. those muscles are so tired and achy. Mm-hmm.
0: Where you it's literally like, feel like you're collapsing inward. That's what it Yes, like. yeah. yes,
1: yes. So yeah. it's also really interesting when you share these things with your friends, like Brooke and I are doing right now, is that you're able to sort of connect and be like, really, you feel that too? Like it's I not never noticed that, that before. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not just in my head. I'm not just yeah. like
0: making up this baloney. It's Or like not just- there's not something wrong with me. Like, obviously, yeah. if you're getting aches and pains, you should go to your doctor. But you know, <laughs> yes. 99.9% of the time when it's these kind of pains and it's associated with stress and it goes away and comes back, it's there's not really anything wrong with you. Those are like physical emotion. manifestations and emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Emotion. And we always say that at the very core of it, and we say
1: this from learning from professionals, at the yeah. very core, of pain is emotion it's emotion that hasn't been dealt with and I know a lot of the time because I used to say this all the time to Brooke I, I would always say well then how do I deal with it like what does that mean like how do I even acknowledge that you know that it's there or what am I looking for how do I do the work so to speak and the first step honestly is what Brooke's saying describe it Yeah.
0: When my, yes, literally when my brother was teaching me about that, I was like, oh my God, like this is so helpful because not only do you get to know yourself more in your own reactions, but the the whole point of it is like, you can disconnect from that not disconnect from the feeling, but you know that that feeling is not you. And Mm -hmm. that's so important when it comes to creating safety because you can observe it instead of being it. Mm, And when you're describing it, you are not it, right? You're describing something that is happening to you, but you are not it, right? right. And it it just gives you your power back. And you're like, okay, I'm going to pull over here and describe what I'm feeling. And then not only that, once you know what you're feeling, you can decide whether to feel it or not. You can decide, you know, whether to let it engulf you, which a lot of the time, sometimes that's necessary or maybe not. Maybe looking at it can help, right? Right.
1: Yes. And you know, one of the other things that that you and I have been talking about is that everything that happens is necessary. I was trying mm-hmm. to explain this to one of my neighbors the other day, you know, who she was saying, well, why is this happening? I don't understand why this is happening. And I said, it's all necessary. Believe it or not, it's necessary. And she said, I have a very hard time believing that it's necessary. And I said, well, it's happening. That means yep. it's necessary. <laughs> yeah It is, right? It is yeah. what it is. It's happening. So it is but necessary. How, right. But how do you navigate outside of feeling okay that it's happening i think that's the big thing right
0: yeah and Um, realizing that all this stuff happening around you is pointing you to things that you have to deal with within yourself it's all a mm -hmm. part of notification it's you know even the stuff that happens to your body it's pointing to something right it's showing you something your body is a miraculous a miraculous you know they like to call it machine but your body is a miraculous association of all of these energies that you've created right? You've created over a lifetime. Um, sure. And it's just, it's there to help you. It's not there to sabotage you. You just have to listen, right? You just have, you just have to make the choice that you want to listen and you don't. I mean, I remember like at the beginning of COVID when I was like getting all these new sensations in my body mm-hmm. and like I would get sensations moving up my spine and it was very, very uncomfortable. I always thought that there was something wrong with me. I would go get my blood work done and I'd be like, oh my God, there's something must be physically wrong. And then I realized that. When things are physically wrong, they don't dissolve when you look at them, <laughs> right? They don't go away under certain situations and then come back a week later. Not necessarily, you know, what, I, what I'm talking about is like these, these aches and pains that come and go and that feel very unpleasant. But when you're in different emotional states, they tend to not be there. So the only that's way that's you can, yeah, the only way that you can like deal with this is by noticing it in the first place, right? And so many of us are so disconnected from what our body is trying to tell well, us. We and just, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. Because a lot yeah. of the time that, you know, once we notice it, we
1: can't unnotice it. And that means that we have to do something with the information yeah. we just learned. Exactly, That's that's the hard part. Kind of like me going on my mat and my, my brain's like, no, no, go do something else. I don't know. Go play on Facebook or go watch a movie or, you know, go read a book or do something else or do laundry or household tasks or whatever, right? Sometimes so that happens, but it's okay to also recognize that and say, no, I, mm-hmm. I'm... I don't need to participate in that behavior right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very powerful. It, it's so your life,
0: and you know, I know we have a lot of like religious followers, and you know, uh, this is something that you guys can relate to. You know, Jesus com- commands, "Know thyself." Um, all over the Bible, yeah. Or, know thyself. This is what it means. Know yourself. And the only way you're going to know yourself is if you dig out all of this stuff that may be unpleasant at first, but you know, these aches and pains are kind of showing you something, right? That's just how we like to think of it. And you know, all the modalities that are even, and even Western medicine, it's all, it's all the same. Everyone's saying the same thing, but yet everybody argues. They're just saying the same thing with different words. It's so funny. Well, because
1: um, everybody and, wants to be right, you know, yeah, something and, where it's yeah. like, we don't need to be right. We just need to be, At least we're having this conversation and we're discussing these things, right? We Mm -hmm. can all sort of, it's okay to discuss without
0: the need to control. (laughs) For sure. So let's get back to the two other breathing techniques that we do. So number two um, is alternate nostril breathing. So you can find Mm -hmm. this on YouTube. You can find the Yoga with Adrian one. You can do it anywhere. This is um, when you're in a panic, this will reset you. It'll connect the brain and the body very, very quickly. Um, it's very good when you're in a panic. I have used this so many times. So, you know, it's hard to describe over a podcast what alternate nostril breathing is, but you basically put your thumb on your right nostril and your fourth finger on your left nostril and you basically breathe in, hold it at the top, breathe out while alternating the coverage of the nostrils. And so I encourage everybody to go onto YouTube and search it for a demo because this is, one of the techniques that are, it's super, super life-changing. So why
1: the fourth finger though? Why not the second finger to cover the other nostril?
0: So it's a yoga mudra. So um, it's basically a hand position that um, the yogis use. There's so many different mudras. You can also Google this if you're interested. Hand mudras uh, symbolize certain things and symbolize different energies. And this one is helpful for um, stress and panic and anxiety. It's also more comfortable to use it. Cause you're doing, you're dealing with your nostrils here, like you're opening and closing Mm. them and you can do it with your pinky, but it's kind of like a yogi thing. I mean, there's probably a lot of other techniques out there too. You just have to find the right one for you. But the whole, the whole reason this breathing is happening is it's creating coherence between the left and the right side of your brain. And it's also bringing your body and your brain together. So there's a purpose and a reason Mm -hmm. why you do it in that way. And you hold it at the top, of course, which regulates your, your vagus nerve. Um, What if you have a
1: stuffed nostril? (laughs)
0: <laughs> then you probably should do the first breathing technique that the box <laughs> okay. breathing or the, or the 478 <laughs> breathing technique. You can also back to the, to the box breathing or the 478 technique. You can find really good explanations of that on mind, the mindfulness.com app, which you can get it for free. Um, you can pay for it. They have a bunch of meditations for nervous system on there and they do a lot of that on there. So it's a good resource. Um, that's awesome. So, so then the last one that we were talking about before we started the podcast is the Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, <laughs> quantum breathing technique, which uh, is more based on visualization. So all of these techniques, they do relatively the same things. Um, they're creating coherence between your brain and your body and they're toning your vagus nerve. It's all kind of what you feel like doing. So this one is like more visual. So if you're a more visual person, I love this. I'm an artistic person. I know you are too, Elena, where you like to visualize things. A lot of people don't, but this is cool because... You sit and you put on some nice music, and what you do is you visualize um, energy. So you can visualize it as however you want. What I do is I visualize like glittering, white, glittering energy. So what you do is you sit there and you breathe in super slowly. And while you're breathing in, you focus your breath kind of like you're sipping through a straw. So let's pretend the straw goes all the way down to the base of your spine or the bottom of your, you know, root chakra, the bottom of your crotch, let's say it goes all the way down there. So like you breathe in and you like go like you're sipping a straw. And ideally you breathe in for as long as it takes for you to visualize while you're breathing through that straw energy circling around the midline of your body or your spine up to the top of your head. So breathe in and coordinate that. So coordinate the visualization, coordinate the straw And you can find this on YouTube too. Um, and then when you're at the top, you hold it. And like, I've done a few of his workshops where it's like, literally you hold it for like, what seems like 30 seconds to a minute. It's so long. Sometimes you're just like, Oh my God, I'm holding this for way too long. And you start to panic, but it's not the case. What it's doing is it's really, really helping you to get in that elevated state of consciousness and toning your, your vagus nerve. And so again, find his, find this on YouTube. It's very cool. He'll talk you through it. Um, and it's, it's a visual meditation and it's something that's really, really awesome. And you do a long breathe out and then you do it again you do it again. And it really helps to, um, help you with your breath, like holding abilities as well. Um, um which is really hard too. I've yeah. noticed, <laughs> I've noticed even myself,
1: I, I said to Brooke, cause I just started doing your, your yoga routine for 21 days. And um the yoga with Adrienne, you know i i'm watching her do these poses and she's guiding the breath work with it you know you breathe in to do this you breathe out to do that and yeah. when i'm breathing in to go to the very top it's so hard i'm i'm out of breath very quickly and i'm thinking mm-hmm. how is she still breathing in out i have no more breath to breathe in you know um So it's, it's a good practice. It's really, really cool. It's so powerful. I honestly, and not until you really mentioned it, that I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm holding my breath a lot. Right. A lot of people do that. Yeah. Holding your breath. Like even, I remember when I was going through driving school when I was a teenager and my instructor said to me, do, do you ever notice that you hold your breath when you change lanes? And I said, oh my gosh, really? And he says, yeah, almost everybody does that. They, they subconsciously hold their breath when they change lanes. Yeah is that interesting? Because I guess it's a, you know, when you're changing lanes, you're really on high alert. Well, you should be. <laughs> you should
0: be paying attention. <laughs> but- and, and did you notice, like, when you started noticing your breath, like, did you find it a little bit overwhelming? Because I, when I'm, like, literally, like, monitoring my breath, I sometimes find it a bit overwhelming to pay attention to. And that's totally normal. But I don't know. what What do you, what do you think?
1: Well, it's, yeah, I I think so. Sometimes I I don't know about, over. well, I guess it's a little overwhelming, um, in terms of when I'm like, oh my gosh, I, am I even breathing? (laughs) How am I, how, how am I surviving right now? Do I even have oxygen going to my brain? That's what I would sort of say to myself kind of, but, um, yeah, I, it also depends what kind of music I'm listening to. Like if I'm doing like a meditation, like lying down and just really, really relax, like oh, like I to the point that I could fall asleep, um, then my breath is pretty good. But I feel like you know, for example, if you're out and about and you're getting your exercise or or listening to something a little bit more dancey, then I then I notice a shift there.
0: Mm, yeah. It's crazy. Well, okay. We hope that we've given you some, some good tips and, Mm -hmm. um, there is, you know, you can experiment with this. There are so many different techniques that work for different people. There are so many different like Kundalini breath work that you can do again to our religious friends. Like there's so many different states of prayer that you can go into. Um, and it's all doing the same thing, right? It's all regulating yourself. And these are things that you can do, not just when you feel overwhelmed, but you're training yourself. you you are literally in training. As soon as you, start doing this, you're in training. And it's something that you will do for the rest of your life because you train yourself to be the best version of yourself and you empower yourself to help yourself. And it just, once you decide to do that, you don't need to worry about what the next step is going to be because you'll be guided in whatever direction you're supposed to go into if you just stick to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, um, science behind, um, other things that you can do to help your vagus nerve. So let's just say, You're kind of someone that tends to be anxious or you have depression or something where, you know, your vagus nerve is not functioning how it should. Well, Um, and let's face it, in this this time and age, who doesn't have something? (laughs) Right. It's true. So here are some um, scientifically backed things that you can do. We'll just go through them quickly. We won't overwhelm you. Um, Just to give you some ideas and plant some seeds as to how you can take more control of the the tone of your vagus nerve and your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, so number one is, is doing cold exposure. So again, tons of information online about this. Um, you know, you've got the Wim Hof's out there that do extreme cold exposure, but you've also got, you know, you can go into the shower and um, do some cold exposure there. Um, you can run 30 seconds of cold water, water on your body. Like, And we're talking really cold. And again, this may not work for everybody. This is just something that has been scientifically proven to increase the tone of your your vagus nerve. So try some cold exposure. Um, Obviously, breath work is so important. The deep, slow exhales, inhales, um, holding the breath at the top. There's also some other techniques that you can find online that have been scientifically proven. Um, Whereas like you breathe in and you go like this at the top and you do the two breaths at the top and you hold it at the top and it, it really helps to reset almost immediately. Um, again, you can research all those things online. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. I really like it. Um, then another good one is, um, the use of your gut microbiome and probiotics and really taking care of your gut. Um, this is something that it's it's new the past ten years in in science Western medicine research but it's something that's been talked about in you know Chinese theory and holistic nutrition for thousands of years um, how important the gut is for your mental health um, you know if you are you know still eating really well but you're still noticing. You know, either aches and pains in your stomach or you're having some mental health issues, you want to pay attention to your gut because the gut is the start. They call it the second brain now. I would argue that it's the first brain, uh, but that's just me. Again, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but. If your microbiome and your gut is, is not um, whole and working as it should, you will feel it. You will get so many symptoms. You can look this up online about the uh, symptoms of a dysfunctional microbiome. It just literally impacts everything in your life. So it, there's lots of things that you can do to kind of um, bring, nourish the good bacteria and kind of get rid of the bad bacteria. And it has so a lot are- to do with
1: sorry. So what are, I was going to say, so what are like, what, what are some foods or things that you could like recommend or that you've noticed that work for you that you like?
0: Um, so it depends, right? So if your microbiome is not doing well, um, you can go to a naturopath and they have a bunch of tests, um, that they can do to also a functional medicine doctor has a lot of access to like helping you with your gut. Um, You know, my mom is a, is a TCM and an, and an energy medicine practitioner, and she works as the gut, as the root of everything. Um, she's done that for 25 years. And she would say that you can't put probiotics over top of a dysfunctional gut because what it'll do is the probiotics will nourish the bad bacteria. So you'll grow your bad bacteria. So that's why a lot of the time when people that have dysfunctional microflora and they're in their gut, they start on probiotic routines and they feel worse is because they didn't get rid of the bad stuff first. Right. Mm. So like you want to have a canvas that is blank, you know, to in order to start building up that good bacteria. So, um, definitely get in touch with uh, a naturopath or a holistic nutritionist or a functional medicine doctor that can guide you on how to do that. Cause everyone's microbiome is so different depending on like how many, you know, what you eat, where you live, um, how many antibiotics you've been on, how much stress you're under. It's, it's so, it's like a little, it's like a little earth inside your stomach, right? The chemicals you use in your house for oh, clean. Yeah, That's it's just, one. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, there's just not one solution. So like you have to, it's pretty complicated you have to like start with like, you know, getting rid of the bad stuff. And you can do that in various ways. There's a lot of different oregano supplements you can take and um, kind of going through the slow process of eradicating the bad, bad bacteria. And then you can start introducing things like like probiotics and prebiotics foods, um, as well as like a really, really good probiotic supplement, but, but don't start too soon and get the advice of, of someone who knows what they're talking about so that you don't nourish the bad bacteria first. But this will definitely impact your mental health. There's no, there, this is, this is solid science. Like, you know, again, you know, look up this, look this up if this resonates with you, because there's solid science to back this up. Um, they've actually pinpointed different strains of bacteria for different symptoms that are lacking or that you need more of. Um, they've done a ton of studies in mice and humans and, and in hospital environments. And there's a lot of stuff on that. So very, yeah, cool. I like it. It's all cool
1: stuff. and This is but, all free knowledge, right? Well, you can-
0: yeah. And you can look it up. And the, and the whole point of this is if your vagus nerve starts in the lower part of your body and it starts from your gut and it brings information to your brain and all your organs. If your if (laughs) your if your gut isn't functioning properly, you're not gonna see a whole heap of a difference, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And, and again, there are so many trends out there to take this and that vitamin mm-hmm. and multivitamin right. and take this for your gut. Just be really careful with the information that you yeah. do decide to digest and consume. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there and not everybody knows what they're doing. So again, that's no. why we, we say to you, please do your research. This is just information that we're sharing yeah. with you because it's so, so, so important to be your best self, as a, especially as a caregiver. Right. Yeah. And not only just for your partner, for yourself, you want to be around on this planet long enough so you can be with the people you love and, um, and appreciate them as much as they appreciate you. So it's it's all about taking care of yourself as much as you can. And again, we are quite aware that there are so many different variations to access around the world as well. So Mm -hmm. keeping that in mind. Um, I know that Brooke's been really great. You've been a good source of uh, information when it comes to this stuff. So we're always accessible to you guys. You can always reach us through wags of SCI at gmail.com or online. Obviously, wags of SCI pretty well anywhere. We're easy to find and we just uh, we would love to help you and, and we would love you to help us too on our journeys, right?
0: Yeah. And, um, a couple just last notes that we have written down here for ways you can help yourself and your vagus nerve, um, and improve your mental health. Obviously we've talked about meditation. We won't get into that again. Um, it's not for everybody, but it's also prayer. So, you know, you can do that if you want. Um, but fatty acids. So here's the thing, you know, in the, we're nineties kids, we grew up, um, thinking that fat is bad, right? and fat is what your brain focuses what your brain is nourished on so I mean this is fairly westernized that you need fat in a diet in order to have good mental health but you need good quality you know omega-3, 6, 9 fatty acids Um, so I believe that everybody should be on a really good EFA supplement because it it nourishes your brain um, in so so many ways and your brain lives off of it. Right. So uh, whether you eat salmon three times a week or whatever, it's always nice to have a really good EFA supplement. So it's just, it's just one of those things that is like critical to brain and mental health. So if you don't eat enough fat, um, I mean, they've tied this to Alzheimer's. They've tied this to cognitive decline. They've tied this to leaky brain and a ton of mental illnesses. Um, they actually have a study out there that is, um, to do with some very severe mental illnesses and how incorporating an EFA supplement, even at a thousand milligrams a day, um, literally reverses the symptoms. So this is another thing that if this resonates with you, there's a ton of science online, um, as to, you know, how to get these omega fatty acids into your diets. But, but if you are someone that doesn't eat enough high quality, good fat, you definitely want to, um, visit this because this is directly related to your mental health. Um, And then obviously Mm -hmm. we have exercise. Of course, everyone knows that this really helps regulate your nervous system. Um, And then massage. So there's a lot of different techniques um, that you can look up online that um, can really help your vagus nerve and help your nervous system as far as just massage and, and working to just like make yourself relax in that way. It also helps your brain body connection. So these are all things that, like, we hope you will look into. Um, Again, these are not just things for us as caregivers and wags of SCI. These are things that our partners um, can do. And it's interesting because my husband, Evan, is really, really into breathing. And I'm also almost jealous in a way because, you know naturally as human beings, we're so used to shallow breathing into our lungs instead of with our diaphragm. Whereas like you're supposed to be belly breathing. That is like literally what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be breathing from your diaphragm. So I would say our quadriplegic partners or anybody who has any sort of impact on their lungs with paralysis have an advantage because they were kind of forced to start learning to breathe with their diaphragm. And a lot of them only breathe with their diaphragm now because their lungs are paralyzed. So this is like a great activity that you can do with your partner um you know put on a timer for half an hour and do some deep breathing together and this will help them regulate their nervous system as well and they they have had they have a, a leg up on a lot of us too because they're already so good at using their diaphragm only which is like kind of the goal <laughs> of deep breathing um so yeah it's something that like can apply to our, our paralyzed partners too right yeah kind totally. of like prioritizing that for self-care but
1: yeah. I love I love it that on Mondays when we do a podcast, my gardener desi- decides to come out at my window and starts leaf blowing and <laughs> doing all these nonsensical things and it's always can you hear that right
0: now? Yeah. Wags of yeah. S in real life. That's awesome. <laughs> it's always he's, it's for us Monday. to shut it down. He's telling us to shut her down. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, You've been talking way too long now. You've been talking for about fifty minutes. It's time for you to cut it out. So, anyways, you guys yeah. so we hope that this podcast has been nourishing for you as as much as it is for us. Um, yeah. This information is free. It's free. It's, it's amazing. It's like you have this knowledge now. What are you going to do with it? You can't, like Brooke says, once you see, you cannot unsee. So please join us, um, you know, on this journey. We're here to support you guys. We're here to support each other. This is what the Wags of SCI group was created from. For those of you who don't know, the group was created in 2017 after Brooke and I met and started running, I guess, started collecting posts and things to share with you guys about love stories, about the life of Wags of SCI, the partner who is oftentimes overlooked. And we began that with, what, a $10 budget at a coffee shop. So here we are, and we're so, so blessed to be able to continue to run this podcast and as always we will give a great big shout out to our sponsor Robin Wishart with Wishart Brain and Spine Law. She has been a fierce fierce leader in the legal community advocating for your rights with your partner whatever you need she is always there for you guys so please don't hesitate to reach out to her. She will look into your case to get you the justice that you deserve to live a happy and peaceful and breathing life. So, access those.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want more information on Robin or anything else, if you want to contact us, you can visit our website, wagsofsci.com. And yeah, we hope that this planted a seed in, in at least one person to explore further anything that we talked about. Again, if you have any questions, wagsofsci@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you have any topic suggestions that you want us to get into, we are more than open. So, email us anytime and tune in next week
1: awesome so thank you for spending this time with us once again in the presence of Brooke and elena over over the mic so until next time have a beautiful week ahead and be kind to each other cheers
0: is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our WAGs, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe.
1: If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wagsofsci.com
0: or donate directly to the Wags of SCI Me page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of STI couples worldwide.